At long last, I am able to say a few words of my own. Read my lips. Government is not the solution to our problem. Senator, good morning again in America. Well, look, Big Bird. Yes, we can. Government is the problem. Welcome to a conservative and a liberal walk into a bar. My name is Matt. And I'm a liberal. And I'm Tim, and I'm a conservative. I feel like we were very declarative that time. Yes! It's good. We make good declarative statements. Well, there's like a pretty the- strong difference at this point between liberals and conservatives. Is the, the president's view of the country versus the, the Republican conservative view of the country at, at large, so... And yeah. I feel like this was the week where that got highlighted really quite a lot. Right. Um, you know, it, 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 well, we'll talk about that later. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm uh, excited to come back to the States. We're leaving here in just, uh, just under a month. Uh, baby is doing well. My wife doesn't sleep a lot, but I'm kind of, you know, I, I take care of the one that sleeps. So I, I'm getting enough sleep. Um, yeah. How are you doing? That's a very supportive husbandy thing to say. Well, there's not a lot I can do. I don't, I don't make breast milk. So there's no, I can't wake up in the morning. can't wake up in the middle of the night and feed the child. You know, like I'm, I'm useless for this. So yeah. Yeah, this is true. I, uh, yeah, I was about to ask something, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to ask that. Okay. Um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm well, you know, uh, I've, just very little to report, you know. I've had some nice weather. Uh, Lovely, good, yeah, good. You know, what are you gonna do? So yeah, it's 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 been a it's it's been a it's you know what I'm I, I tell you what I'm I'm trying to do better with cooking things for dinner that are at least halfway decent for me. I've I've eaten I've eaten quinoa twice this week. Wow. And I've I've had salmon like uh, to a couple of times and and sushi another night. So wow. uh, I feel like I've been very virtuous at dinner uh, instead of having my veggie smoothie for 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 lunch and then coming home and and downing a, a bucket of mac and cheese. I'll be at homemade mac and cheese, but mac and cheese nonetheless. You know, there's only so much you can dress up that turd. But uh, yeah, and I I feel as though I'm not useless after eight o'clock, which is. Which is nice. That's 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 a good thing. That is, I man. I mean, your dinners are pretty amazing. But I mean, I definitely wouldn't have called myself productive after. But I'm I'm not productive. Like this is the most productive I am. Like this is the only productive thing I do after eight o'clock. Is, is the show. It's the the only time. Otherwise, I'm in bed. Really? Yeah. Well, unfortunately, very often I find that I have to be. I have to make attempts to be productive after eight o'clock. That's really the time that I get to do the things that I, I like to do mm. creatively. So, you know, that's, that's what I got. Yeah. Uh, it's just an unfortunate part of my lifestyle. So uh, not shoveling in gobs of butter and cheese, I think will help that true uh, as I go along. So, you know, but we'll see. That's the, yeah, that's, that's, that's what I've been trying to do. Nice. This week is to make that make that side of things a little bit better. Um, and I, I I read about this as as our German backgrounds will will attest to. We we, we enjoy things like 
dark beer and mustard and 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 sausages and uh, uh, spetsla things of that nature. But I, I saw this dish that I was not aware of. It's called roulade, R-O-U-L-A-D-E, mm. and it's 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 diabolical. It's not. It's one of those things. It's just like I think only Germans would have come up with that. They take a it, they take like thinly sliced flank steak, right, and 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 you put mustard on the inside of it while it's raw. Uh, huh. Bacon, mustard, bacon, and a pickle. Is that good? Like, I I don't know. You roll it all up so it looks like a finger food kind of thing, and then you 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 sear it and and fry it, and then you make gravy and you sort of boil it all together. And it, I don't know. I've never thought I would never have thought to put what is effectively the inside of a meat sandwich all together, roll it up, and cook it. Wow. So, All right. okay, I don't know. Not something I'd ever heard of, but I'm fascinated to try it anyway because I mean it's I mean it's it's meat, it's bacon, it's mustard and a pickle. I mean, how can that be bad, right? Right. Yeah. Well, I look forward to hearing about this experience. Yeah, I don't I don't know. We'll see. But, you know, that yeah. Is my interest in cooking stories for the week, so super yeah. interesting. Isn't it though? Uh, <laughs> anyhow. <laughs> What's going on back there? You have a dog barking. I do. I do have a dog. That's Butch. That is Butch. I didn't. I didn't know they had a dog anymore. Uh, I thought the, didn't the dog get run over? Uh, that one. Yeah, that was a while ago though. No, they got they got two dogs and two puppies. Uh, wow. Yeah, it's a lot of a lot of and, dogs and two and two babies. Nonetheless, did did your brother in law have my brother in law had his kid? But you got to remember, they treat dogs differently here. Like these are not indoor dogs; these dogs live outside. The puppies started at eight. Now they're down to two. <laughs> uh, you know, four died. Two got given away. You know, they're they're almost treated like wild dogs to an extent. Uh, you know, like four the, of them died. Yeah. So I mean this. It's not in the the American sense of oh my puppies, you know. It's oh look, that dog we feed some time made babies. Interesting. <laughs> we'll see if they live. Did, you know. Did you, like, wit- did you witness dead puppy? Uh, I did not. Uh, you know, once the and only one of them died within like you know like we you know because every morning it was the struggle to get the puppies out from underneath the car. And one time we went to get the puppies out from underneath the car, and one puppy didn't move. And Tobias is like, you know, what's wrong with the puppy? Well, he's dead. <laughs> what is that? What is that? Well, you know, <laughs> he's gone away now. He won't be coming back. So. Oh, no. That's um, awful. Yeah, it's a very different, you know, you, see, you listen, because I, I really want a dog, and, you know, we've all got all these dog allergies in the family. So I'm big enough to say, all right, well, I want an outdoors dog. You read Americans who write about dogs, and pretty much there is no breed of dog that they feel it's acceptable to be an outdoors dog, right? All dogs need to be a part of your family and a part of this. Not here. Every dog is an outdoors dog pretty much here. Um, you know, these dogs are never allowed in the house. They're never allowed, And that's just the standard. That's what they do. Um so, yeah, that's interesting. Very it is. So. It's a very different, different way of looking at dogs. 
Do they have Ecuadorian dog bloggers that debate the merits of what dogs are acceptable to be indoor dogs? I don't speak enough Spanish to read Ecuadorian <laughs> bloggers. So, you know. Well, all right. Well, now that we're done contrasting the two societies, let's let's talk about American politics. There we go. Um, this was a big week tonight. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, you really did have two very contrasting views of the country this week and it, and it was and it was a fascinating thing to watch between the president's assessment of things during the state of the union uh and then to chase that two days later with the uh views on the republican side uh across the board um absolute polar opposites um in just about every sense so we're going to start off with with the State of the Union. We'll get into uh, the the debate here and and finish do you, up. A do you mean we're going to start off with story so. time with President Obama? Exactly. That we'll, was the we'll, funniest. We'll call it, we'll call it the congressional good night moon. Oh my God, Christy cracks me up sometimes. Like I don't even necessarily agree with that, but it was really funny the way he said it, and he he made me laugh. A lot. He was man. I Christie man. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. But right. uh, let's begin with story time with President Obama. Uh, and I, you know what? I'll just start off and say I thoroughly enjoyed the speech. Uh, as usual, I you know right. you can't help you not huge. listen. You can't li- you can't not enjoy listening to him talk because he's very skilled as a speaker. He's, actually, he's actually, a lot of people a lot of people manage to not <laughs> enjoy him. Well, speaking. but they're the kind of people that don't like Rocky Five, as you would say. So, uh, you know, uh, you have to question them. You know their personalities in that regard. Uh, no, I you know I'm, again, if you like him, you're probably going to like listening to his, listening to him talk. I enjoy his speeches. But there were things that he said in this that I was, it was almost a little disappointing in a sense because I felt like if he had given this speech three or four years ago, it would have carried more weight. Um, really? If he had tried to make some of the concessions and the things that he had said about the bipartisanship in 2012, he might have gotten somewhere. And it's the kind of thing that I had sort of hoped to hear out of him coming out of the election in 12 uh, and didn't. Um, again, this is not said, I didn't think it was a good speech. I think it was exactly the kind of State of the Union that he was going to give, um, you know, to sort of puff up his legacy. But there was there was a relaxed nature to it. Um, uh, you know, didn't exactly keep his promise on the short side, but, uh, you know. No, it was I, there, uh, But there were, there, again, there were things that I thought would have gone a long way three or four years ago and might have gained some traction. Whereas now, you know, we're pretty much done. I mean, this is his last major address, probably, you know, for the rest, barring any any, uh, disasters uh, until the end of his presidency. So, you know, I don't know. That's my overall feeling on it. You? Man, there there was definitely a sense of sadness for me. Just, um, you know, I... By the end of Bush's presidency, I was so embarrassed every time my president got up to speak. You know, like I just, 
I, I had a lot of, and I and I regret the level of animosity at, at, at this point in my life. I, I regret the level of animosity that I had towards President Bush. Um, you know, I, I strongly disagreed with a lot of the stuff he did, uh, but but the level of animosity was unfair. Um, th- that said, uh, let me just say that uh, I would I would I would say I feel the same way. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but that said, I did like, I was, I hated every time he spoke and I got to tell you, one of the things that I have enjoyed the most about president Obama's presidency has just been listening to him speak. You know, uh, there is no sense of dread or disgust or anything when he gets up there to talk, you know, he always sounds like someone who is thinking things through and trying to figure out the best way to go about things. Um, and I, and I do, I like it. And it's very human, uh, when he speaks, which maybe that's just me because I'm, I'm a teacher and, and you know, the, the whole academic side of things I, I can really geek out on and get into. Cause I know a lot of people don't feel like he connects well with everyday people, but he, he connects well with me. His style of speaking, the sorts of things that he says, his his word choice, it connects very well with me, uh, and I and I will I will miss that uh, because I don't I don't feel <laughs> that sort of connection uh, with anyone either in the Democratic side or the Republican side. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I think I'll, that's I'll fair. I that. think that as a I think that as a leader. And as a as a leader and as a speaker, I think Obama is is a once in a generation kind of person. I think that's a fair statement. Rarely do you get someone like that. In fact, I can't. But I think you have to go back to Kennedy to find somebody who had that sort of electrifying. Uh, I mean, maybe Reagan, but uh, you know, I don't. I, don't uh, I haven't seen enough of Reagan's speeches, so I don't, I don't know. I, I I don't know that you could really say that he had the same sort of command uh as a speaker that that obama does but uh you know but i think you hit on it i think when you mentioned the fact that you're a bit of an academic and i I honestly i and i've I've said this a lot i think that obama is at his core he's an academic you know he's he's a nerd he's a law professor he you know that's he taught constitutional law before he, you know, got into politics. And I think that that is where his heart is as a way that he looks at things and the way that he carries himself. And again, Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Um, You know, as far as what you said about president Bush, I haven't looking at the level of animosity that's happened from the other side to someone that I supported. um, I feel very much like there wasn't enough of my saying, and I, I say this now, I, and I hope it's the case, but there is, was not enough during the Bush presidency of my saying, you know what, I don't agree with 90% of the way this man does, and he's a shitty public speaker, but whatever, he's, he, is, he is the president. And he is our president, and in whatever he does, I'm going to hope that he's right. I may not necessarily believe that what he's doing is correct, and I may worry that things aren't going to turn out the way that I think they're going to or the way that I want them to. But I hope that he's making the right decisions. And because I think to a certain extent, that's all that all of us can do when it comes down to it. And I don't know that I've seen enough of that during the Obama presidency. And I wish that I had done more of it just in my own personal thinking during the Bush presidency. Um, 
Does that make sense? It, uh, it does. It does. Now, I've never been one for I, – I, I have a very clear memory of a – there was a customer at the bar, and me and me and the bartender were sitting there talking, and we were, you know, giving Bush up the road. And the, it was an older gentleman, and he said something along the lines of, you know, y'all need to be more respectful of the president. Um, and, and I don't know. I, I don't uh, – I don't know how much I subscribe to that. Like how much I have to respect him just because he's the president. I I, I don't know. I, I think I think that can be that can become a dangerous a dangerous game uh, when when you have to like someone or respect someone simply because of an office that they hold, regardless of whether or not they're doing anything to earn that respect or if they're actively doing things that are bad and awful and therefore. But hey, they're the president, so you have to respect them. I, I don't know. Uh, well, I don't. I don't know that it's. I, I don't think. But Bush. Bush just. It has become his humanity has become very clear since he left office, and I feel bad for the the things that I thought of him or said about him as a person. Um, you know, I still will get furious at the fact that waterboarding was allowed during his presidency, that he took us into the Iraq war, that he did, you know, like, I will still get very angry about those things. But, uh, you know, I his humanity has really come through, and I, and I feel bad for some of the things I thought about him personally. Well, and I think that's more or less what I'm saying. I'm not necessarily saying uh, that you have to necessarily respect them. Uh, because it's, uh, you know, uh, people earn that on their own, but I, I think it's just a level, there's a level of understanding that I think was missing. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and there was, for me. there and maybe I people, was just young, you know, maybe I was just being young and being a douche. That's entirely possible. I, I, I would agree with that. I would, I would sort of feel like I was in the same boat to a certain extent. And I, I certainly wasn't as up on things as I am now. I, mm-hmm. I think you were maybe a little bit more up on it at the time than I was. Um, but, yeah, I was, I was pretty uh, up by by the yeah. time he came around. No, yeah. no, no. Maybe second term. Second term, I was pretty hip to. I'd gotten much more political. So. Much more hip to the lingo. Hip to the lingo <laughs> and what was going on. As the kids say, um, so I mean, um, from a, from a direct policy standpoint, the out of out of the because you can't really take policy out of the State of the Union. You rarely is there good policy that comes out of it from anybody. But uh, you know, I the one thing that I thought. Uh, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure what it means. I think it's an interesting idea. It's definitely something he's brought up a few times. Was his points about cancer? Um, I I would love to see that sort of push that we could potentially make towards it. He's he's couched it in those terms before, um, and but I don't know that what was disappointing about it is that he appointed a cancer czar in 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 Joe. Um, uh, which again, okay, it's an interesting idea, but what what is that going to lead to? You know, do you have it? Does he have any actual thoughts on what he wants to do? Yeah, and was that a formal thing? Like, did he give him? Is he the the cancer czar, just like the drug czar? Like, it felt very informal. Uh, which I agree, it was disappointing. Like, I wanted to see, like that that makes a lot of bipartisan sense to me. This idea that okay, you know what, we're done. We're curing cancer. It's on. 
all right, let me see it, you know, because I don't even, I almost feel like Bush said the same sorts of things, you know, um, and, and would, yeah, would very much like to see this actually happen. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think that, again, that's the kind of thing that I think a lot of people would really rally around. And it's the kind of thing that uh, has a chance to prove that, yeah, we can, we can actually accomplish some of these things you know, uh, that we talk about. And that was where a lot of, you know, his points about, because I felt like there was, there was a, in a, in a way he was addressing just attitudes in general, you know, about, very uh, much so uh, about, uh, how we tackle problems and how our politics is, um, how our political business is conducted uh, and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the analogy about, uh, Sputnik, you know, when, uh, you know, because the, the Russians did, they beat us to, to space, um, long before we even, even got there and we didn't say, well, there it is, or no, that didn't happen. We said, all right, it's on. And we're not only going to get there too, we're going to one up you in the process. And, I would like to see us taking more of that attitude. I don't think we do it enough. I I, I think that's very true. I think that's very fair. Um, and particularly with the, with the aspect of cancer, you know, uh, and you can, I mean, you can put um, energy technology into it. Uh, you know, both conservatives and liberals, I feel like could get behind the idea of increased money towards research and energy research and development. You know, uh, but you don't see that. You don't see this, you know, hey, we are going to figure out the new form of energy that's going to power our civilizations for the next 200 years. You, you don't you don't see that. You don't. Um, which is disappointing. No. And, and and from either side, you know, people look at when he talks about renewable energies and all of this kind of because that is we do. We have that ability to be the on the forefront of the next generation of power, mm -hmm. you know, and so many people look at it. The Democrats want to hit on this constant of, of basically technologies that we know won't work. Wind we and didn't solar, get to this wind at one solar, point. Wind and, solar. wind and solar, wind and solar, wind and solar, over and over and over and over and over again, or fucking ethanol, you know, uh, from corn, which has been proven to be. Oh a, a my dead. gosh. And I can't even believe that's still a thing. Like I, I can't either. That's only a thing because Iowa has the first primary. That is the only reason that ethanol still exists. And it may not Pretty be much. true, but I just I feel very frustrated because Republicans do the same thing. That's one. Oh, my party is very guilty of falling into the ethanol subsidy crap. Very yeah, frustrating. You know. And, and it was because this was in the budget deal. There was all this talk about we're going to fund wind and solar. Like, why? Why do you think this is still a victory? You're not getting anywhere with mm -hmm. this. So you've got Democrats that constantly want to harp on wind and solar. And then Republicans who just want to go not at the expense of the economy and go, you know what, guys, just shut up with the wind and solar. Shut up with the economy and be the first country that figures out hydrogen fuel, you know, or. How to power a car something with a Something we haven't even heard of yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or something else. I mean, I don't know what it is, but I mean, we have all mm. of these resources and all of these brilliant people, and 
we have Democrats that are stuck in the past and Republicans that are stuck in the past and everybody just kind of sits there, you know, beating their head up against their respective walls. And it's a lot of head beating. Yeah. uh, I, I don't know. And, and I think that, a lot of what he was saying was trying to address that attitude. And mm-hmm. I, I liked it. I like so. it too. Well, and that's hey. the thing. As you see the increase in extremism, the harder and harder it's going to be for people to work together. Uh, and I think he was, he was spot on when he, when he touched on gerrymandering, you know, um, that is only going to encourage this and it's only going to make things worse. Uh, you know, both parties have been guilty of it, uh, but you know, and we turned it into an art form, and uh, we've really locked down the house. <laughs> I feel like. Well, um, and also, it's worth noting that he didn't come right out and say anything about Republicans or Democrats. He just said Congress. Yeah. Well, any kind of turn, any turn to the American people, which I thought was nice, and said, "Hey, if you want this stuff to change, you better do it." And you better, and he really, he really pushed me and inspired me with what, you know, with what we're doing uh, of saying, you know, it's a lot easier to be a cynic and say, and just say, well, nothing works. It's, you know, it's, this is all stupid anyway, ball, you know, it's a lot easier to do that than to get out and actually try and make a difference. Uh, So I'm, I'm, I felt very proud of the fact that we're doing this show and that we are trying to be involved uh, and make that the sort of pushes that he's talking about. Yeah, I I, I do too. I'm I'm glad you said that because I do too. And 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 I was, yeah. And and it was disappointing to hear the response from the media, uh, both left wing and right wing, because the left wing was basically doing the same. Uh, you know, just yes to the president. Yeah, blah 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 blah. And not really pay any attention to the stuff that he, the actual substance of what he was saying. And then the Republicans were basically hitting the same points that they always hit, which was that, well, he's picking on us. And every time he talks about bipartisan stuff, what about him? And, you know, this is really his fault and blah, 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 blah. And it's and it, it just the response is none of it was any different. And nobody actually, they all listened to the speech, but nobody actually heard what the man was saying. Except maybe Nikki Haley. I. What did you think? Ah, yes. I I was very proud of Nikki Haley. This was the first time I've ever liked the State of the Union and the response to the State of the Union. You know, Uh, I mean, obviously she doesn't. She she critiqued him a little bit, but in general, she virtually gave the exact same speech. I felt like. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, she let off with the usual, but again, I think she had to just to make sure that she got the attention of their intended audience. Yeah, you know, lead off with the, this president has been a failure stuff, but once she got past that, yes, uh, um, absolutely, yeah, no, I, I was very, I, I have Nikki Haley has been somebody that I in the past, uh, sort of lumped in with. Uh, the Michelle Bachmans, the Alan West, the Ted Cruz's, the you know the sort of the hardcore Tea Partiers. Yeah. Um, but lately, I have been very impressed with what she's done in South Carolina. I I like her response to the shooting. I liked her supporting of pulling the flag. I liked the speech that she gave uh, after this. Um, I've 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 been very impressed with her. Very much so. 
I honestly didn't know who she was. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, I was yeah. one of the people who there was lots of posts on Yahoo and Facebook about, you know, who the is Nikki Haley. And uh, I was one of them. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm very impressed with her uh, from that speech. And now that I've now she's on my radar and I've learned a little bit more about her. I'm impressed with everything that I'm hearing. So. Yeah, uh, no, and I, I do like think depending lot. on who the depending on who the nominee is, I keep an eye on her from a vice presidency standpoint. Um, yeah, I think very much depending on who the nominee is. I mean, yeah, I'm fascinated to see who Trump picks as a as a candidate. Yeah, well, I'm really interested. I know. Um, so, uh, speaking of which, let's head into the debate. But uh, let's start off with your well, uh, a couple of things. You know what? Oh, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. What else? Uh, no, I mean, well, anything. Did you agree with his basic assessment? You know, did you agree with what he puts out there as far as look? We are winning the war on ISIS. You know, uh, we we are we are defeating them in a, in the methodical method that I have put forth that I have sponsored, and it is working. Uh, the economy is doing well. Unemployment is down. We've cut back on the deficit. We've built thoughts. Do you agree? I, for the most part, um, I would say that I would give a qualified yes to the ISIS thing. Um, but the problem to me with the ISIS argument is it depends on how you frame defeating ISIS. And now, do I agree with his assessment of what ISIS actually is? Yes, I do. Um, because I do not see ISIS as an existential threat. Okay. Nazi Germany was an existential threat. Uh, the Russians during the Cold War were an existential threat. ISIS is not an existential threat. ISIS is a threat, yes, but ISIS is not a post-apocalyptic threat at all. That's a fair statement, um, I think. And... The idea that you can compare those three and put them in the same sentence, Hitler, Stalin, ISIS dude, uh, is, is, is it, well, it's, it's crap. I mean, I'm sorry. It's crap. And that's, that is what I agree with. Now, do I think that we're defeating ISIS where they live? Yes, I do. I think that we are doing a good job of, and I think that I don't think that's a, that's not a radical statement. When I read good level-headed assessments out of it, yes, we are. We're making it very difficult for them to do business, which blew up a whole bunch of their money. Which the video of that, by the way, you should go find. It's hilarious um, because they basically blew up a warehouse with millions of dollars, and you can actually see the money <laughs> lying up in the air. Nice. I know, right? Um, but the. Then you have the problem of if once you drive ISIS out of there, you're not going to kill all 30,000 of them. Where do they go? So I think for a little while, we're probably going to see an increase in some of these little wonners, you know, these, these attacks, if you, these one-off attacks, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and I, but I think that that is a natural, uh, a natural thing that's going to come out of driving ISIS out of where they are. Um, so yeah, do I think that in, in that context, I think it's working and yes, I don't think there's any denying that the economy is better off now than it was in 2008. Uh, I've read in a couple of different places that he is saying that just not only in the time since he's been in office, but really in the last 12 months, they have cut the deficit by about three quarters. Uh, now, are you clear on the difference between the deficit and the debt? Uh, perhaps not. 
as, as I understand, the deficit is the annual deficit. Right. right. Yeah. So you got annual. So that's, deficit. A, that's a that's a budgetary deficit. Right. Um, and and no. And in order to pay back the national debt, we're going to have to operate with a surplus. We haven't operated with a surplus since Clinton. Right. I don't have those stats. Yeah. So the last time we haven't even operated balanced, I don't think, since Clinton. So, you know, balancing the budget was never something that Obama promised to do. So but cutting our annual deficit. Yeah, I I, I think he's pulled that off. Um, uh, And you can't qualify the fact that, you know, I mean, gas prices were a massive thing when he was running. They've been cut by more than 50 percent. Unemployment's down around 5 percent. You know, he's done a lot of what he said he was going to do. Now, all right, so I'm, I'm with you, right? Like, I generally agree with the, the president's assessment of the country. Uh, you know, I've said a million times at this point, like, I I don't feel like there's a straightforward solution with the Middle East. I feel like he's, he's doing the sorts of things that I've always said needed to be done. So kind of got to give it time to see if it's working. And it, a lot of it feels like it's working. Um so I felt a little bit like he was taking credit for things that he fought, he fights against, but because they happened, they, they did the things he liked. Like for one, this president hardly seems like Mr. Fracking, right? Uh, this is generally something that's environmentalists, leftists are against, which is, would be his category. So it's not like he's been pushing and encouraging the fracking community, which is the whole reason why gas prices have gone down. Um, you know, and then he talks about, you know, cutting the deficit. The deficit has been cut so much because of the sequester, which he fought against tooth and nail. So, I mean, yes, but how much some of those things are because of things you did. Uh, I don't I think that gets a little bit dicey. I think it does get a little bit dicey too, but I would also point out president's prerogative. If it ha- whatever happens under your watch, you know, um, I, I think we still get to call bullshit. If you take credit for something that you fought against, <laughs> that's probably true. Yeah. Well, I mean, you'll notice that he didn't really focus on the gas price thing. He just kind of chucked that in with that line of gas under two bucks a gallon isn't bad. Well, but he um, talked about energy independence, the phrase that I hate more than anything else in the world. Um, very true. He, yeah. he did. That's what he was talking about. That was his whole thing. Look at this energy independence I've created. No, 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 no wait a minute. You don't like the way that you, it, this is being created, unless I'm wrong. Like I'm, like, I guess I'm kind of assuming that he's anti-fracking. Uh, do you know uh, anything think, about no, his stances? Right. I have always assumed that he would be anti-fracking. I know I'm anti-fracking, but you know, uh, but gas prices um, blow two dollars a gallon ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not arguing with that, but I, I don't see, here's what I saw is my idea of energy independence. My idea of energy independence is exactly what we said about 10 minutes ago, which is pushing into finding good renewable fuels and not using oil anymore, not relying on foreign oil and making our own oil ourselves is not exactly what I had in mind. Okay. And that, and And that would be energy independence. If we just didn't even need oil, because as long as we need oil, we cannot be energy independent, but that is correct. Note that I haven't used the phrase energy independent. Yeah, true. But yeah, and that's a good point. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. 
So, uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't see... Okay, here's the thing. I, I don't believe that as a country we should ever get complacent. I don't, I think that's a dangerous thing. Complacency is not good. I don't mm-hmm. think that we should ever look at, at what we're doing and saying, you know what? We're fine. We don't need to do anything. No, we can always do better. You can always improve things. You can always find things that need to be done to meet things that are coming down the road. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I would never say that I think we're, 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 in a great place or that we're perfect or that there isn't more work to be done. I don't think the president would say that. I think that there's a lot of work that still needs to be done, but I think that he's laid a lot that he came into office, not hoping to. And I think this is where the hope and change thing sort of got mixed up in that. I, you know, my belief was always that he came in to get the process started. And I think he's done that, but I think that we have another, 10, 20 years worth of work. You weren't going to solve global warming overnight. You weren't mm. going to solve energy independence overnight. You mm. weren't going to solve healthcare overnight. But he's laid in some groundwork where I think we can take some next step mm-hmm. steps. But he's also laid in some groundwork where, you know what, the next guy, if it's not Hillary Clinton or Bernie, could really just knock it all out if they want to. Well, um, there are there are some places where I, I think that's true. Uh, but I, maybe not so much with healthcare because I think that that's a much slipperier slope than there was. I think they're finding it's a much more slippery slope than they thought it would be. Um, yeah. But you know, it's it's you know it's in we're in we're in that spot where we've turned we haven't quite turned the corner, but we're at least approaching the corner. And I think that that it was a good goal for him, reasonably, because there was so much that needed to be addressed coming in eight years ago. Yeah, um, that's the thing. I mean, you got to look at what this guy came into. I mean, yeah. he came into two wars and an economy that was plummeting, you know. And I'm sorry, eight years, eight years on, you know, we can segue into the the Republican debate if you like. You know, you, these guys talk about how our standing in the world is bad. Or, well, now wait a minute. I remember our standing in the world in 2007, 2008. That was a bad standing in the world. Now seem seems pretty good, really. Like comparatively. I you know, I feel like I feel like we're getting along pretty well with most of the world, uh, you know, aside from the, the radical Islamic terrorists. Uh yeah, I feel like this is going this is going all right, you know? Uh we have we have a saw we have a reasonable relationship with China. Uh there's there's aspects of our trade relationship that need tweaking, but meh. Uh, Russia is, you know, it's not worse than it was. I don't feel like our relationship with them is worse than it was under Bush. Um, and then the economy certainly has improved. I mean, I remember, I remember what the economy was like in 2008. I remember this at this point, our housing market is stable. Unemployment is super low. Um, you know the our, our, our auto industry our is, is doing great. Much improved. Our much improved. Uh, you know the stock market has been doing great. Now all of a sudden it tumbled out of nowhere. Uh, but you know the, everyone expects it to pick right back up. Um, and, you know the only issue is wages. That's that's the only struggle right now is wages. 
So which that has been a thing, but that's been a thing. That was a thing all the way through. That's been I mean that's a we're looking at that's a 15 year problem to me. That's not just a product of this mm-hmm. administration. That that's been a thing you know, going back ages and ages and ages, there hasn't been yeah, no, that's fair. increase. In that's those. fair. You know, that's, that's been, I mean, I just point you out to the fact that I got a, I got an entry level IT job in 1999, uh, that paid $30,000 a year. Um, I got an entry level IT job, uh, 13 years later that paid $30,000 a year. Yeah. It was exactly the same job and exactly the same pay rate over a 15-year time period. And the inflation in that same time, you saw gas around a buck a gallon, maybe a buck and a quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, you saw a loaf of bread around a dollar, a dollar fifty. Now you can't walk into a store and get a loaf of bread for less than three dollars and i'm not talking really? about foo i'm not talking about foo-foo granola wow. you know erica bread i'm talking about regular ass whole wheat bread usually runs me 250 to three dollars wow. it has been a long time since i did the grocery shopping yeah. I, I had I no mean, idea like you know i was looking at uh like i bought uh an espresso machine you know this but i, do. I started making I do. my own stuff at home because i was spending too much on going out for coffee uh, now all of a sudden I go through milk. I didn't used to go through milk, but I do now. So I used to buy organic milk because it lasted a month, mm-hmm. you know, and it, it didn't go bad. And I thought, well, Hey, now I don't have to pay four or $5 for a gallon of milk because mm-hmm. I'm going through it faster. I go to buy regular milk and regular ass milk for a gallon is $3 and 50 cents. Yeah. Milk, milk, milk skyrocketed. Uh, and it, it skyrocketed went up. That that's one that I do know be just because owning a restaurant like that, yeah. Milk milk was crazy. Uh, yeah, yeah. It used to used to be that buying lean ground beef, you know, was you know if you bought the really good ninety four percent, you know, or five, mm-hmm. you know three percent fat, three six percent fat, that was the really good stuff, and it was like five or six dollars for a pound. Now that's where the eighty twenty is at. You know, it's about four or five bucks a pound, five six bucks a pound. Yeah. So well, you I don't mean, you don't have to tell me about ground beef. Uh, I mean, that's I know, one of right? the reasons we. That was one of the reasons. One of the things that pushed me towards selling Bubba's was just the the way that ground beef skyrocketed in the three in the two and a half years that I owned the burger restaurant. Ground beef went up a, a buck, a whole dollar a pound. Yeah. Which, that's a lot. A lot of money. You know, it's not, and that's, that's when you talk about the wage thing, that's where I see the real problem is that you have rising prices in just about everything. Everything costs more now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but we're all making basically the same money that we were 15 years ago. Yeah. And I don't, but I don't think that's purely an Obama problem. I think that's a, it hasn't gotten addressed yet problem. And I don't, I'm not sure how to address it. So let's start talking about some of the guys who think they can address it. We're going to skip WTF this week and just move right no, to. No, no, we're not skipping right. WTF because I want to give a giant WTF to all the people. Because you. Ugh, all right, go. The, the, Here's our, all right, here we go. WTF moments for the week. Who got, go so him. Obama said somewhere in his speech, right? He said somewhere in his speech that these conflicts, talking about the. The struggles in the Middle East are rooted in conflicts that date back a millennia. And he had he got a write-up in the post 
and invokes going off on him for how he does how he is perpetuating a myth and how he doesn't understand the the struggles that have gone on and that all of these recent issues are because of colonialism and western influence in the area um i could not believe that people were saying this to him this guy has been the number one person out in front trying to stand up to everyone who wants to condemn all Muslims and all groups and has been the one standing up and saying, you know, this is a nuanced issue. Uh, these are, these are, you know, these, this is a, a small portion of Muslims that are causing this. Well, well how are they going to go off on this guy for stating something that is, that is completely true, completely true. Now, it would be false if he had said something along the lines of that, like, the, the Shiites and the Sunnis have been fighting for a millennia. Uh, okay, sure, that would, be, that would be false, right? Because in general, this conflict ha- has been peaceful, right? But not always. It started off with fighting, and then there was some periods of peaceful time because for a while the Arab world was was the advanced world and Europe was the backwards one. Um, but then in the last, you know, the last hundred hundred years or so, political forces have used that underlying conflict to exploit to exploit the people, right? And that's all he said, rooted in conflicts that date back a millennia. That's it. That's all he said. And he has gone up the road for it. I, I couldn't believe it. I was, Man, I haven't read any of this. But oh, that, if pissed. anybody has, I mean, that's that's the most basic statement ever. And people were, who said this? The Washington Post? Washington Post and Vogue. Oh, Both had things. Going, I, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. Well, it's just proof that they'll say, I mean, that to me, it just proves that they'll say just about anything to try to make the guy look bad. I mean, because that's, that that's, that's like saying grass is green. I mean, it, yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't believe that. And this was the liberal media, you know, I mean, this is the post and, and Vokes, you know, it's not like this is Breitbart and the blades. Um, is the Washington post, this was the liberal? Washington post. I thought the Washington post was liberal. More conservative. What? No. Which Washington paper is conservative? Is it the Times? I, I don't think I would have called any of them, but I'm only really familiar with the Post. Because uh, I've, I've read some pretty hardcore conservative stuff in the Post lately. Uh, man, I don't know. I, I think in general it gets chalked up to the... I mean, the Republican debate was blasting uh, it, but you know we tend to call everybody liberal, so... I was going to say everybody in the media is liberal as far as you guys are concerned. So, yeah, so that was, I'm sorry, that really made me mad. So, I did not want to skip WTF. Uh, Do you have one? Moment. (laughs) I, you know what? Mine leads right into the debate. Mine is really just a Chris Christie because I I can't, uh, and and it's just a, it's a general thing. One, most of the fact checks that I read this week were and some of his blatant denials were just so easily looked up and stupid false like the whole Sonia Sotomayor thing where he yeah. everybody's got him on record as supporting the woman and then he's backing around going no I'm not but it's it's just that his attitude in the last debates he's gone from being somebody who I might have been able to at least listen to probably not vote for but at least listen to 
uh, as a candidate to somebody that I'm not even going to give the time of day to anymore. He has just completely gone off the deep end with all of this, with just the dumbest statements. I mean, all the way through the last two debates, he's been with the feckless weakling thing and the Obama's a big giant failure and it's all terrible and, and uh, just really doubled down a triple down on all of this rhetoric that it's like, Oh my God, would you shut up right up into what I thought was his day, his it, just the ultimate moron statement of come this fall, Mr. President, we're going to kick your butt out of the white house. Are you? Cause I don't think he's waiting for you to kick his butt out of the white house. I think he's just going to leave cause he can, cause he can't run again. You idiot. Just, Oh man, I'm just so tired of it. And, and a lot of the, a lot of it seemed to come out of his mouth this time around. And I just, I'm done uh, at this point, you know, I, but I he's so funny guy. about it sometimes. I mean, isn't it harder to be mad at a guy when he kind of makes you laugh too, you know, like, I guess kind of, he's got that jovial fat guy thing going on. He it's kind of like, like, like watching an offensive lineman get a touchdown. Yeah. You, you know, I, I, I guess, I, I guess but, cause you're right. Like, I, you know, because I'm generally one of the first ones to get mad when people are just, you know, blat, you know, just being very personal. Uh, but yeah, for some reason with Christie, it hasn't bothered me as much. Um, really? And I it don't really know why that is. I, I can't give a reason because now, now I realize I'm kind of being hypocritical because if Trump had said those things, I would probably be shouting up and down about it. But well, um, Trump did say those, has said those things. Probably, yeah, true. Uh, uh, but yeah, Christie, for some reason, it hasn't bothered me. It kind of makes me, kind of makes me laugh a little. I guess for for me with Christie, the thing that's bothering me is 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 what you're talking. Some of this backtracking, right? The Sotomayor thing, because while I personally may not super supported, I, no, yeah, I would not support the idea of Sotomayor as you know. For the, for justice, but the context in which he stated his support, I get, you know, like that kind of made sense uh, when I went back and read the article. Uh, you know, the gun control thing. Um, okay, you know, this makes sense. You know, the the support that he he lent at the time. Um, and, yeah, instead of standing up and and saying, see, that's the. But thing, now he's wanting that- to backtrack off of those things. Yeah, he had an option to stand up and say, yeah, you know what? I supported these things, and these are the reasons why, and I thought they were sound, and it's a reason why I am different from some of these other guys Yeah, from a why I choose to do the job that I do and why I do it. And instead, he's just turned around and been very typical as a politician, and it's yeah. disappointing. Hey, you know, that is disappointing. And it's, it reminds honestly, it reminds me a lot of Romney, uh, except in the sense that Christie just sort of, Seems to have a little bit more personality, but in the sense that Romney, you know, you you didn't Tim, know which one. Cheese has better personality. Than I Romney. know, right? That's not saying anything. <laughs> uh, but with Romney, you didn't know who you're gonna get. You know, were you gonna get the guy who could compromise and work with people from the other party who ran the you know super blue state of Massachusetts, or were you gonna get this sometimes crazy sounding right winger? Uh, that you didn't that was coming up with the same coming up with all these uh, somewhat ridiculous ideas. Uh, which one were which one would have been president? And th- that's kind of the way I'm starting to feel about Christie. You know, I like Christie because 
he has demonstrated his ability to work with people from the other party and to get things done in a state that is fairly blue. And now he's starting to go in the pretty conservative direction. Uh, And and, and I hate saying that because, God dang it, I'm conservative. But the sort of conservatism that I – hostile conservatism that I don't like. Um, And, yeah, so I'm sort of wondering, okay, well, which one am I going to get? And you're right. That that does damage my, my liking for him. Yeah, and it's it's almost like he looked at the it's it's almost like for some reason he looked at the Romney playbook and went, Yeah, that worked really well. Yeah. I'm gonna do that. Hey, he lost. All right, let's oh imitate God, it. Man. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's again it's it's it, I, I go back to this entire primary season with the Republicans. It's like they looked at two thousand twelve yeah. and went, That was great. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. only let's do it more so. Um so uh, as far as the debate goes, I you know what I've, I've I feel very proud of myself as a as you know a man who uh, identifies for the most part as a liberal having sat down and as long as I had the opportunity you know CNBC was a little tough uh, I've managed to sit through uh, four Republican primary debates this time nice uh, and start to finish. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel bad. I haven't watched a single a Democratic one. debate. Like, I, I really I've only watched. Well, I've all. only watched. Hey, I've only watched one. Uh, I, you know, but they were to me basic discussions. Uh, this time, uh, this was this was this was every debate to me. This was like the granddaddy of all the debates for the Republicans. This was where they really just kind of took the gloves off and went at each other. They really um, did. And uh, not really constructively. I did not think it was a good reflection of conservatism. I didn't think it was a good reflection of the party. Um, They had one, there was one segment in there where it was like everybody stopped and shut up and let each other talk about policies from an economic standpoint. And I thought that was very good. I enjoyed listening to uh, them discuss the difference, the merits of the value added tax. Uh, Christie had some interesting economic points, even though it was wrong on one of them, a big one. Uh, but um, I, I thought there were like five or six minutes in there where it went really, really well, and the rest of it was just smoke. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what did what did what about you? What overall? What did you think of it? Uh, Kasich had one of his best ones. Uh, not going to matter, probably. But I mean. You know, he's been my favorite the whole time. Uh, and this was the first debate where I really felt like, yes, you know, like that was a good one, buddy. Um, you know, but he's about to fall off the stage. He's so far to one side. Um, and Carson, I I wish he would just drop out. Um, Trump, this was one of Trump's better debates. As, as the farther along we've gone, the the more Trump has managed to make himself more and more reasonable in each debate. You know he's improving. Uh, that. He you know improving he talks at, about at the craft of debating. He uh, is. He's getting better. Uh, he, he's I guess maybe it, I don't know if his thins get a little thicker, and so he's not responding with some of the hostility that he used to. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I liked I liked a lot of things he said. The corporate inversion thing is is huge. The corporate tax rate is huge. And, you know, honestly, you look at, you know, things that would make me vote for a Republican and, and the corporate tax rate is a big one. You know, I don't hear any Republicans calling for cutting the corporate tax rate uh, or any Democrats calling for cutting the corporate tax rate. And this is a must. To me, this is a must. 
This is one of the most important, you know, beyond beyond ISIS, beyond any any of any other anything else. That is a number one thing that has to happen um, if we're going to see uh, the stopping of jobs flowing to other countries. You know, you want to talk about tariffs. You want to talk about uh, other countries with their wages and fair trade and all this stuff. If you just make this country a more desirable place to do business from a tax standpoint, it's game over uh, because because everyone wants to do business here anyway. This is a lovely country. People want to be here, um, but our, our tax system chases them away sometimes. Um, and I, I really liked what Trump had to say about all that. I really did. Well, and I thought, but I, and I thought it was a shame because they all had some interesting approaches economically. Um, and they didn't just, they didn't just come down to a blanket statement about how we got to cut taxes. There were some very good specifics in there. But again, I point to the fact that that was only about five minutes that it went on. And then they went right back to the usual stuff. And that was what I thought was a shame. Um, and a lot of that had to do with the moderators constantly saying, you know, that guy said something about you. What do you think about that thing that guy said about you? Really? Is that um, what, that's what you felt? I, I did not get that impression from this debate. I did, that was not the but impression I got. At the same time, I did like some of the, there were some things where the one, the guy held tried to really hold their feet to the fire on some of the things that they said. He didn't always pull it off, but he at least made, and I don't know what his name was, but he at least made an attempt Mm -hmm. to do it. Um, Believe it or not, the worldwide fame of Fox business commentators is not preceding them. Um, But, uh, you know, he's, he's been, uh, he did like, he did good pushing the gun conversation. I thought with, with Rubio, Um, that was an interesting thing. Um, one of the questions, and this is, this is something that I, I wanted to hear your thoughts on. I, uh, there was an actual question coming out of the, the female moderator, uh, and I wrote it down. She said, what does it say about our nation when a self-avowed socialist who believes that a 90% tax rate isn't too high could be the Democratic nominee? Um, basically leading to a man, doesn't it show that it's, gone to hell in a handbasket because of all the evil progressives out there. And I felt like that was an overriding tone throughout the entire thing. This was very difficult for me to sit down and watch because there were times that I felt like it was almost a, a personal attack about uh, Carson had a statement to the effect of if we elect a progressive, this nation as we know it is over. That's yeah, he basically said that. I, and, I was like, wow, uh, that seems that seems harsh. Uh, <laughs> and I, I just thought, man, that I, you know, I, how, how do you, I, because I, I, I've said this several times and I, I firmly believe this. If I saw a Republican nominee that was willing to really address issues that I think are important, then I, I would happily listen to them and happily embrace the opportunity to vote for them. I don't vote purely along party lines. But it, it just, when I feel like just being a progressive is under some kind of, or, or even liberal at all is under, a, it's almost like it's a personal attack. I, I can't, I, I can't support that at all. And it feels personal at times. Did, I don't know. Does that make sense? I, 
Um, I mean, I mean, it does. It really bothered me during this debate. Um. Well, I mean, one. I mean, going back to that that the the moderator's question, I really don't feel like that was what she was trying across. I think she was trying to ask about you know just what is the mood the mood of the country and the the the, the desires of the people when you know someone who says that they're a socialist, which in generally in America you say that and it's it's a death knell. Uh, but someone who says they're a socialist, who says they want 9% tax rate, you know, what does that say about the level of anger, you know, within the American people about the inequality uh, and about wages that that person has a real shot, you know? Um, I, I, did, I didn't get the impression that she was trying, that she was trying to lead them in that direction of, and this is why liberals are horrible. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, okay. I, I didn't, yeah. I, I, and I didn't get that feel in general overall. You know, obviously, naturally, they're 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 blasting Hillary every chance they get because she, when did she she's become Hillary Rodham Clinton again? Oh, I don't know. I didn't I didn't notice that part. Um, they constantly referred to her as Hillary Rodham Clinton. I'm like, when did that come back? I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting. Yeah, and, but as far as the the liberal as an insult. You know, I don't know. I, I feel like that that door. I feel like definitely swings both ways. Uh, you know, I certainly feel like if I say I'm a Republican or I'm a conservative amongst my liberal friends, then that's you know, it's almost like a dirty word. No, I suppose maybe that's true. I you know there was another comment from Carson was trying to talk about. Uh, about he was trying to start a conversation that I would have thought was a good one where he was talking about the level of respect in politics. But then he got into, he started talking about commenters on the, he's like, you know, you look on the internet and look at the comment sections on the internet. And I was like, Oh, he's going to talk about how these things are just horrible places to, you know, because of the vitriolic stuff that comes out of them. Good. And then he immediately goes, those people don't come from our Judeo-Christian roots. They come from progressives and we cannot let the progressives drive out our values. Yeah. Yeah. When when the people, when it's a lot of time, man, there's some, there's definitely some Republicans who say some very nasty, evil stuff on the comment sections. And, and there's plenty of liberals that do too. I'm not going to say oh, that absolutely. the liberals don't, but I, you know, that, that door absolutely swings both ways there, but I just, I'm, I'm, I want him to go away. I, I'm so ready for him to just, just quit. Well, he, he you will know? be gone soon enough. He, I don't think he, he doesn't have a chance and there's no way that he's going to no. be a, a, a VP. And, and, and it won't be soon enough. Believe me. Uh, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, uh, other stuff that I noticed, I just comments that I, I, I sort of wrote down. Uh, I thought I was really disappointed that during that entire conversation, maybe because this undermines it, but the entire conversation about gun control, most of which I thought was horribly naive, not a single mention by anybody or even the moderators about any of the mass shootings, only about how the liberals are coming for your guns. Um, and very strong language on that one, uh, that yes, they absolutely would. They uh, were saying that they, somebody, I think it was, was it Cruz, I think, said specifically, I'm convinced that he would take away every single gun and that's what he's trying to do, which that's not what he's trying to do. And that's actually what the commentator, the, the, the moderator was saying to Rubio. You know, a lot of what he's, pro- everything that he proposed in, is not to, about taking away guns. It's about trying to make it, 
uh, trying to just make it more uh, thorough when people do try to buy guns. So why are you saying that he's taking away guns? And there was this immediate pivot back to, well, I'm convinced that he wants to take away all of the guns. And then he said, every two weeks, the president feels like he has to have a press conference so he can talk about how he wants to restrict gun ownership. Or every two weeks, he has to have a press conference about a mass shooting that just happened. I don't know which to pick. But I was I was disappointed in that entire conversation. <clears throat> well, I mean, the the you're you're correct on the second point. You know, the, the idea that he's getting up there just so he can talk about the chance. Well, no, something's happening, <laughs> and he feels that an aspect of this is the need for gun control. Um, but uh, you know, it's interesting because we we touched on this briefly either last show or the show before that. Uh, talking about how, you know, while maybe the the president himself has never said anything or done anything that would have implied to, to, that would seem to imply him wanting to take away all of our guns, but just that he's seeking some basic um, restrictions and background checks and that sort of thing. But that there is definitely a a very strong, large group on the liberal Democrat progressive side uh, who would be very happy to take away all the guns. Um, and so it, what, you know, how can you say this president would want some? I thought that they made a couple of reasonable points about how you can see where maybe he would when you look at uh, people that he appoints to the Supreme Court. Uh, or people that he chooses as his attorney generals, or people that he chooses, um, you know, for for various positions, and you can look at their views and can see how if we do have another progressive in the um, as a president, and they do appoint three or four liberal judges, could we be looking at a very big change? in how the second amendment is viewed and possibly in some taking away of guns. And I, I thought that I thought that they made a reasonable point about that. Okay. Um, well, I, I guess it's, it's, I don't know. I, the, the idea that, you know, a lot of times they'll fall back on uh, this whole, well, they didn't get the gun. They, none of your restrictions would have helped the situation or, you know, criminals are always going to be able to get guns, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that's a reason not to do anything. I think to me, I can apply the same logic to that's a reason not to worry about the idea that the president's going to run around and round up all the guns or that the, you know, we're going to get enough Supreme court judges to get a law through that does allow the government to roll in and take and seize guns from ordinary citizens who haven't done anything wrong. Um, because I just don't think that that's, I don't think that's possible. I don't see it as anything that, that is, is a reasonable potential has any reasonable potential to it. Um, Man, I and think so I sort of discount the argument offhand. I, I think the Supreme Court argument is a very legitimate thing. You know, you if you fill up the Supreme Court, it can change everything overnight, as the Supreme Court has done multiple times. You know, you look at Roe versus well, just Wade. Just look at campaign, look at campaign finance. You, yeah, look at campaign finance. Look at gay marriage. Look at, you know, like... Eight or nine people. How many Supreme Court justices are there? Nine. 
Nine. Nine people suddenly can change the entire course of the debate. Just like that. Um, you know, and that's, and we know what we're talking about because as pro-lifers, that was our strategy. You know, you ask pro-lifers, why did you always, you know, why would you say you have to vote for a Republican president? Because we were hoping to fill up the Supreme Court with pro-life votes so that, boom, they would change the course and make abortion illegal. That was our whole strategy. And now we're basically concerned that liberals are going to do the same thing with gun control. Well, I would say that's fair. Um, okay. Interesting points. Next up, uh, my uh, Rubio. <laughs> my really Rubio. Seemed, my Rubio. <laughs> my, sorry. My vegetable. My vegetables. <laughs> my vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> Inside joke. We're not crazy. Um, Rubio really seemed to be on the attack this time. And the overall tone, I mean, obviously, this was this was an attempt to really come down on the... It was almost like they were having to run against Obama again. Because, damn, all the way through, this was, this was one constant. This president is weak, he's terrible, he's awful, blah, 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 blah. Um, and Hillary was in there, too. But I was about to say, I felt like Hillary was president. brought up... Maybe more by someone. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I feel like I don't know about she that, got broke a lot. Might have been close. But Rubio, really, man, every time for the first for about the first thirty minutes, I really felt like every time Rubio got the mic, the first words out of his mouth were might as well have just been Obama sucks. It was a more florent way of saying that, uh, uh, more flowery way of saying that. Um, uh, so, but I I don't know that I still don't know that he did it any good. I think he's the sexy pick. I think a lot of the underdog types look at him and say, yes, he's the one that's really going to emerge victorious out of this mess at the top with Trump and Cruz really going after each other. But I don't, I just don't, I don't, I don't see it. I still don't see it with him. I, I, um, I'm sorry. Trump is our nominee. That's it. it it's game over. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's the nominee. Rubio can keep jumping up and down all he wants. Trump, Trump's going to win. Wow, you've pretty much accepted that one. I have. I mean, they, look. I mean, just look at the polls. Still, and, and the only people who are anywhere, the closest one to him is Cruz, who's probably just as con- far right as as Trump or something. I can't think of what the proper term would be. Uh, he, 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 whatever that term is, he is that as Trump. Uh, so I, I don't see. Yeah, I don't see a Rubio suddenly swooping in and winning everything. Um, no. Yeah, Trump's our guy. And you're right, Rubio did the best he could, uh, but he spent most of his time going after Cruz. Uh, why aren't you going after Trump? Trump's the number one guy here. Like, why are you bothering yeah. to fight? Is it Bush and Cruz? Well, Cruz didn't even... Cruz was defending, usually, when he went after... When he would go after Trump. Um, Bush is the only one with the right to me, the right strategy of, Hey, go after the guy at the top, <laughs> you know? Um, and I thought Jeb had some good moments this time. Jeb died, man. Admit, now that Jeb's really decided to turn up against Trump, he's been doing great, but it's kind of like with Kasich, you know, <laughs> too much, too late. Uh, he did get Lindsey Graham's, um, approval. I don't know if you endorsement. I don't know if you saw that. 
Um, I did see that. And you know what? This is a good way. A good. You, you brought up Lindsey Graham. This is a good moment to pivot into our, uh, our round of applause for the week. Uh, my round of applause actually goes to Lindsey Graham. Um, because I, in the uh, post-debate media rounds, obviously Lindsey Graham, the senator from South Carolina, late of the Republican presidential race, uh, said uh, um, to, he basically, uh, uh, you know, he's had a great run at, at, at fighting back against the hardcore right. I think he's done a great job with it in some circumstances, and particularly this week. The day after the debate, he said, to those people who think Obama is a Muslim who was born in Kenya, I lost you a long time ago. There is a dislike of Obama in my party that is unhealthy, just like there was a dislike for President Bush in the Democratic Party that was unhealthy. President Obama is my president, period. I think he screwed up 10 ways to Sunday, but Bush made his fair share of mistakes too. Thank you. Yes, exactly. You're right. That is a lot of what I think has been missing these last few years. Just a genuine, uh, you know, it was just, I'm going to take all of this stuff, the birther stuff, the, uh, um, uh, the Muslim stuff and just say, no, 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 no. That's ridiculous. And kick it to the curb. Now, would he have done it eight years ago? I don't know. But I really appreciate the fact that he said it. I liked it. I thought it was great. It's a fantastic statement. Thank you, Mr. Graham. Give you a round of applause. So there you go. Well, that's nice. I had, I had heard that. Good, good, for, good for him. Good for him. Secondary round of applause very quickly. Very interested in what Kentucky's governor is doing right now. Um, he has just, in general, he's doing things that are keeping my interest. He backed off all of his, his reversing Obamacare stuff. He's eased all up of? on that train. Not all of, but he's eased up on some of Just the Medicaid part. Doing. Like, he, I mean, yeah, he's still Medicaid planning part. on dropping Connect, right? Uh, I don't know. He's doing further research is sort of the, he's finding it's harder than he was expecting it to be, I think, or at least the way that he was talking like he could pull it off. I don't know if he's going to drop connect. I don't know exactly the specifics, but he's, he's eased up in his talk, which I like this week. He also, uh, when he did frankly, a very liberal thing, something that Steve Bashir refused to do. He went after, uh, the board of trustees, uh, at Louisville because they're not meeting racial minority standards. Uh, the University of Louisville uh, is just embroiled in various scandals all over the place. Uh, Bevan is a guy that everybody generally thought was a guy who would be in Louisville's corner uh, as a university. Um, but he basically filed an injunction against them in court saying that they're not, uh, there is a racial imbalance on their board of trustees and it is uh, insufficient and he wants it corrected. So. Uh, wow. Yeah, I thought it was a, it's an interesting move. So from someone that I would have said is a hardcore, fairly hardcore conservative. So good on him. There we go. That is fantastic. I'm done. What do you got? Right. Yeah, and he did January 12th. That's the latest thing. Is that as I thought he had he 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 sent the um, uh, federal government a notice that he was planning to dismantle Connect. Um, and that over the course of the next year, they're going to be transferring everything over to the other one, uh, to the, the federal one. Um, 
So that, that one he hasn't backed away from. You know, and that's really interesting to me. I don't know how much you've read about all of this with the Connect thing, but I've listened to some of my more my more liberal friends, you know, saying how horrible it is and it's going to cost $23 million uh, just to cancel it. Um, and they keep saying that, like, they, they'll say this with, like, this stirring of pride, that Connect, that 85,000 Kentuckians have used Connect to get health insurance. Wait, I'm sorry, what? That's it? 85,000? That's it? That's all the people that have used Connect to get health insurance? The federal government gave us a grant of $290 million so that we could build something for 85,000 Kentuckians? I mean, to me, that that is the exact sort of government waste that Republicans get mad about. That's like the perfect example of it. And so, heck yes, we're going to get rid of this. Uh, yeah, that, that one has been, been baffling for me. Uh, but I'll, I'll, I'll join in your secondary round of applause because so far I have liked the things that Bevan has done. I have not taken He's done. He did exactly the thing that I, me and you talked about should be done with Kim Davis. Um you know, he he did. He dropped the executive order from um, Bashir that gave you know the right to vote to the low level offenders. But he was very clear that he did it. He because he felt like that was part of our constitution. He could not change that by executive action. And then he immediately brought together a large group of congressmen and business representatives to talk about and push for legislation to permanently give those low-level offenders the right to vote. and now you've just Which is exactly why I didn't have a problem with him doing yeah. that. Exactly. And now you've pointed yeah. out another good thing he's done with the UofL thing. And I, I think I gave my WTF to all my Facebook friends and whatever who were giving him up the road. And, you know, I'm, I wonder where all my liberal friends are now with this, what he's doing with UofL. Because like you said, that's a very liberal thing to do. Um yeah, that's well. Hey, one of them's right here. You know what? I was very skeptical about the guy. I, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I go back and forth about whether or not, because a governor can't dismantle Obamacare. Okay, what he can do is say is basically make make the federal government lie in the bed that they created. You know, the federal go- I don't have a problem with states saying, you know what, we're not going to set up our own exchange. The feds have already done it. You know, because in some ways there's a lot of truth to the argument that you're just doubling down. I mean, why repeat the process? If a state doesn't have to pay for it because the feds are going to pay for it, well then let the feds pay for it. Mm-hmm. You know, it it doesn't and if that Medicaid money doesn't or Medicare, whatever it is, doesn't stretch, you know, as far as you think it's gonna, then or it's not being applied in the right ways, then again, if if the federal government is standing there going, no, 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 we'll if you don't want to do this, then we're gonna go ahead and do it. And there's a governor that wants to say, all right, go ahead. Go nuts. I, I don't I, you know, I, I don't know that. And I think really that's basically what he's saying. So the idea that by turning off connect, and that's why I say in a way he's, he's found that it's harder than he implied it would be during the uh, election because he's running around saying, oh, I'm going to help dismantle Obamacare. 
Well, no, you're not. Because you can't. You're a governor. You know? But what he can do is say, okay, we're going to try to spend this money elsewhere and we're going to let you go do the same thing through the feds so that we can take this off our books. I, again, I'm just not sure I have a problem with that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's one of those, it's why it's one of those things that it's getting done either way. And in a way, I mean, it's not really robbing Peter to pay Paul, but it's, uh, you know, if it's going to, it's, it's going to happen one way or the other, regardless of whether Matt Bevan wants it to. So, you know, uh, I, I just, I don't really, have, I guess what I'm saying is I don't, I don't think right now at this stage, I'm not sure I, I have a problem with it. So it's one of those things I need to research more. So, mm. um, well, yeah. and let, so your round, your round of applause for the week, man, I'm going right. to, I'm going to give my round of applause to, um, to Bernie Sanders for just, just for keeping up the fight. You know, I, I was one of, of many who, who pretty much dismissed him. You know, I mean, I, I think I, you know, a couple of months ago, I did talk about some of the things, the interesting things he's bringing up that I do like. Um, and, but he doesn't get a lot of media attention. He gets pretty well ignored, I feel like. Um, and there's definitely an assumption on the part of the media that Hillary Clinton is the next nominee. And I think that that's monumentally unfair. He he is he is beating the crap out of her in New Hampshire. He's super close in Ohio in Iowa, and he's pulling it in with the national in the national polls. Um, and so, just round of applause to him for not for not giving up, for not throwing in the towel, and for sticking to his guns. Whether I agree with him or not, I got a lot of respect for you. So, round of applause, Bird. Yeah, I, I I think that's fair, and and I've I've been interested. There's been a lot of, not a lot, but there, I've read several articles that are sort of doing the. You know what? Hang on a second, y'all. This is not maybe as subtle as CNN wants you to think it is. Yeah, um, agreed. And uh, you know, I think that some of this in the media. I mean, you talk about bias. I think some of it has to do with, you know, I uh, every like in two thousand eight, everybody. Uh, everybody was going into it was assumed that Hillary was going to be the thing. But then you had a guy like Obama who was charismatic. It was, you know, whether or not people want to admit it, his race was in, it was an interesting concept at the time. Would we elect a black man? Would we not? Um, is he a reasonable thing to consider? But then it comes out that he's not only is he an African-American, but he's also extraordinarily charismatic and has interesting ideas and his crowds are growing. It was sort of a sexy thing for the media to latch on to. And that's why he got play against Hillary in 2008 in the beginning that allowed him to gain momentum. There is nothing less sexy in this universe than Bernie Sanders. That's a fair statement. And uh, I, you know, I, I think that's a lot of why he doesn't get any play, you know, mm-hmm. from a media standpoint, because he's, you know, he's a, he's a grouchy old white guy from Vermont. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. So what? You but know, he, is, he is staying strong. So yeah, props yeah. to him and props so, to, I mean, watch props out, to his supporters, right about, you know, for yeah. not giving up and for sticking with it. 
You're, you're right about New Hampshire. He is absolutely clocking her there. Now, granted, that's sort of his backyard, but, you know, uh, and he is close in Iowa. Uh, you know, it's it, it at least is going to keep things interesting, mm-hmm. I think, at first, you know, for a little while. Because then, then you get into the southern states and you start to wonder, okay, could, does he really have, you know, can he really appeal to people in the south? And, you know, I don't know, maybe. As but much as Hillary Clinton that. can. Like, that's the thing. Like, sure, you know, I don't think he he's not going to beat, you know, he's not going to beat Trump in Arkansas or anything like that. But, I mean, uh, can he beat Clinton? Well, maybe not in Arkansas, but he can beat Clinton in other states. Say a bad example. Maybe, yeah, but he can beat Clinton in other southern states, I, I think. Uh, you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like it's gone from a joke to a real possibility that it's going to be Trump versus Sanders. I can't. I, that would be so much fun. I can't even <laughs> so imagine. Much. I mean, I, Gary Johnson's I, already declared that he's running, so I mean, he's pretty much got my vote. But I mean, Trump versus Sanders would just be awesome. It would be so much fun. Oh, can you imagine that debate? Oh. That debate would oh, just be. Because I mean, oh. you talk about two guys that don't give a shit. Right. I mean, they don't care. They don't care. Either one of them. Honey badgers don't about care. About what yeah. anybody thinks about what they say. And that would just... Oh. <laughs> that sounds great. I don't know that I believe it'll happen, but I think it would be phenomenal news and great television. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. I mean, talk about, um, talk about getting a clear, a clear difference. You know? Like... Yeah, there cannot be a clear. I mean, you know, Clinton versus Bush, you know, that's not. You know, there's a lot of similarities there, really. Let's be honest. But I mean, Sanders versus Trump, that is night and day. Yeah, it is. It's. uh, But you know, know. we we mentioned Sanders, and that's and did you see this thing just now with um, Obama's, uh, President Obama's unemployment insurance thing that he just came out with? No, I don't know what this is. Okay, so he's basically in his little re- weekly radio Oh, wait, address. he mentioned that. No, but he mentioned that during the State of the Union. Okay. He so talk, he, he talked about laid out proposals. Yeah. And the thing, and the phrase that goes along with it is the same as, the same phrase that I would, uh, that I would have for Sanders is, so who's going to pay for that? You know? Um, the this All of these things sound lovely, but just, how do we pay for that? We're talking about a deficit that's already skyrocketed. And I, and don't get me wrong, I have the same question for some of the extensiveness of a lot of the Republican tax plans, right? I'm all for some aspects of these tax cuts and tax reform, but there is a line where you're like, all right, team, we can't get rid of every tax. We got to pay for the some. We got to pay for some stuff. Uh, and it's the same thing with Sanders. I, I like some of his ideas, but I mean, who's going to pay for all this? Um, you know, are you gonna? Are we gonna? You know, I'm talking about the the dire need that we have to cut the corporate tax rate, and then they're talking about raising taxes on businesses. So it's that that's the only that's the one thing that's one of the things with Sanders that I, I dislike. Well, and uh, and we're 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 way over time, but this is one thing that I I wanted to I, I wanted it's a question I wanted to ask that I, I think that was at the heart of this last debate, um, and you know how are we gonna pay for it, but um, 
We, okay, so one of the resounding themes overall, particularly with this debate, and certainly actually with the last one too, because it was about national security, was America is so weak. You basically had, uh, you know, a former a, a former governor, one sitting governor, th- two sitting governors, a uh, major business figure, a uh, couple of senators, and then some dude who used to be a neurosurgeon uh, standing up with microphones in front of them, telling the entire world how weak America is and how not respected and how terrible we are right now, particularly with regards to the military. Several of them on several occasions took the opportunity to say that our military is not respected any longer uh, as though we've got super tank or, or, you know, destroyers sitting off our, from all kinds of countries waiting to just, uh, you know, drop off a bunch of troops and invade us. Um, Because of the fact that we have cut the military so badly and the word gutted came up a lot. Uh, first of all, have we really gutted the military that bad? And that's question number one. And question number two is, uh, if we're going to increase military spending again, how are we going to pay for it? Um, well, one to answer the, you know, have we really cut military spending that much? And this is where, you know, there were as guilty of being a little hypocritical as Obama was uh, with some of the stuff he said and that the military got gutted quote unquote because of the sequester you know that was yeah. the whole thing yeah. the, the which sequ- was a Republican thing we, yeah exactly so we're sitting here blaming the president when the Republicans had a pretty big role in the largest cut to the military um, you know, they bring up the some of the things of the military being outdated. In some cases, the B-52 was, was brought up. Well, you know, that was the case long before Obama, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't necessarily think that a lot of that was a lot of that was fair, mainly because of the sequester thing. You know, the major cuts in the military came from the sequester. That was as, certainly at least as much the fault of the Republicans. Uh, as it was as Obama, and also you make a very a very fair point. And who who gonna pay for <laughs> who gonna pay for this? Um, you know, I, I'm obviously I'm a Republican, so I'm very you know the the importance of a strong national defense, absolutely. Uh, and if we can pre- keep ourselves from getting involved. In any more wars like Iraq or like Afghanistan, then hopefully we can afford to uh, upgrade upgrade aspects of our military. Um, but it, it's a very legitimate question. You know, you say we want to do this, but at the same time we want to cut so many of these taxes. Can we really do both? Yeah. And, and let's be clear. I'm not as a liberal. I am not for, I, I don't, and I don't think that there are a lot of liberals out there that would say that they want to gut the military, that they don't want to, uh, that, that we don't need a strong military. Of course we need a strong media military, but we also need an effective military and we don't need a military that has just got the same sort of bloat as the rest of the federal government. You know, you can't just give the military a blank check. And say, you know, go do what you like. That's not the way that it needs to be approached. Mm-hmm. It needs to be, uh, which is, 
sounded to me half the time that that was what these people wanted to be able to do was just be like go ahead do what you want military enjoy um, except for Kasich you know, I'll get make sure we Kasich, get the, yeah, my man absolutely. yeah um, you know, but it, it just, I, I want a military that is, that again, is going to be effective, not overspending. And I think that we are very guilty of overspending on the military in a lot of places. Um, you know, namely the Iraq war, you know, was just a massive military expenditure. Um, and, and, and wasted, did, you know, in the sense that you, it's yeah. not like you saw the military getting upgraded because of the Iraq war, you know? Uh, it, we just, we just spent a bunch of money fighting people and, you know, that money would have been much better spent on actually upgrading the military. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's not like we just went out and solved that. It's not like the, this B-52 thing has suddenly been a, a little ridiculous just in the last eight years. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that was ridiculous 10 years ago. Yeah. 15 years ago. I mean, why would we still have been using that? You know, why didn't we spend some of the money we spent on the Iraq war to fix that problem? You know, I don't know. It it's, it's baffling to me, but I, you know, there we go. So we are remarkably over and out of time for the evening. Uh, have you anything else that you wanted to discuss this evening? Um, no, that pretty much, that pretty much sums it all up for me. I'm glad that you brought up governor Bevin and I'm very interested to see and, and what he does next. Yeah, I am too. You know, I like I say, he hasn't lost me um, by any stretch of the imagination. So, yeah. Um, well, that's that. That's it for us this evening. Uh, as we always say, go register to vote. There's nothing stopping you right now. You got plenty of time. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy your week. <laughs> Thank you.